Hey everyone, it's Cheryl and Tony. Buckle up for this Friday morning edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. How are you? Doing good. Still jet lagged? No, it's not too bad. It's not like I thought it would be. I took a power nap today. Yes. So I'm ready. Ready to go. Good. Well, you're ready to jump right in, but we did say we were going to mention a little bit about uh, Olani when we went. Okay. And I know Alexandra Myers wants to hear about our whole trip, not just Olani. Oh, that's going to have to be its own. uh, That'll have to be like its own show. That'll have to be a non-Disney, we went to Hawaii show. So let's real quick talk about Olani. Olani is a Disney Vacation Club property on the uh, island of Oahu, Oahu, out in the Ko'olina area. Um, and there's a couple of other resorts around it. There's a Four Seasons, and I forget what's next to it. Was it a Ritz? Was it a Ritz? I don't know. There's a Four Seasons there's on one some, side, that's yeah, for sure. Some higher-end um, hotels. So uh, it's a nice resort. It's a Disney resort. So, yeah, it's DVC, but you, they also have they have one side that's DVC and one side that is just regular hotel rooms, similar to like what they do at the Boardwalk mm-hmm. in Disney World. Um but we were in what well, we had a studio, a deluxe studio, and my parents had a one bedroom. The one bedroom was beautiful. It had a whole, uh, you know, it has the washer and dryer, it had a whole little dining area, a full kitchen, um, you know, big, beautiful balcony. Uh, our balcony was a little smaller, but it looked out over the luau, which they were doing the night that we were there. Um, it looked like a lot of fun. It looked like a very good luau. I've heard very good things about it. Um, so if you're going and you don't have, uh, you're not going to any other islands, but you're just staying on Oahu, then I definitely recommend doing that. Uh, we spent some time by the pool. We did, which was awesome. It had a lazy river. It had uh, a water slide, like a, a vertical slide that you did, uh, just a body slide, and then had a, a slide that you did in a tube. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was fun. Uh, the lazy river was relaxing. Yeah. Although there seemed to be a little bit of a, mm-hmm. a, a battle to get tubes. Uh, a little bit. Well, the, the same tubes that you used there were the tubes that you used to go down the slide. Right. So if there were a lot of people in line for the slide, that meant there weren't enough tubes to go around for the people that wanted to go in the Lazy River. Right. So walking into the resort reminded me very much of going into uh, maybe the, I don't know, Wilderness Lodge. It, it Animal Kingdom Lodge, but open air. <laughs> right. It wasn't It wasn't six stories tall like those are, no. but it, it had that same kind of grandeur to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're getting what you get in a regular Disney resort. You're getting the theming, the attention to detail, uh, a lot of Hawaii stuff there, the Menahune, which are kind of like these little impish characters, um, you know, outrigger canoes, a lot of wood, um, a lot of tile work, a lot of Hawaiian history in the paintings on the building and in the, um, uh, wallpaper. Yeah. So very well themed. Um, one of the highlights, you know, it did have a gift store because it is a Disney property. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the highlights was that they sold the Mickey bars uh, <laughs> and they were cheaper than they were in the parks. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, in the parks down in Florida right now, they're going for like six fifty with tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was four seventy. Wow, what a so bargain. So well worth the multiple thousands we spent to Hawaii right. <laughs> to get there uh, to get a cheap Mickey bar and save a dollar. Um, um, they had zero entry spot on the pool. They had a splash pad area. Uh, they had a like one of the playgrounds with the water, with the buckets that dump with and the little jets, squirters right? and the yep. you know uh, rope bridges and that kind of thing. They um, had a reef experience where you could swim at the fishes. 
Yes, and that was almost like they used to do at Typhoon Lagoon. It's Smaller. Like, it was a very. It was like enclosed in like the middle of the pool area. It right. wasn't like a sectioned off area of the ocean or anything yeah. like that. Um, speaking of the ocean, it is right on the beach. There's a beautiful beach area. It reminded me of Castaway Key. Uh, it's like a little cove. Mm-hmm. So the breakers are out there. Very calm water. Right. Uh, crystal clear. Paddleboarding going on. Yes. Snorkeling going on. You could rent beach equipment from mm-hmm. Disney. You could rent it for the day. Uh, I believe you could rent it for length of stay. They had beach chairs available. They had fitness classes on the beach. Uh, because it was a vacation club property, they had a community room and a kids' room with with programming going on throughout the day and crafts being done. And some of those things were an extra fee. You could make your own. It was like your own, make, your own, mouse, your own ears, mouse ears, right? Yeah. I think they had a lay making thing. They had a ukulele uh, lesson uh, class thing. Um, so there's a bunch of stuff that you could sign up for. And then they do the stuff with like un- who's the uncle that does the stories. Uncle does the stories by the pit. Yeah, we saw him walking around a little bit, talking we to did. people and, and answering questions and stuff. Um, so that's always fun. We only dined at the quick service locations. So there was uh, a spot right by the pool that we ordered lunch from one day. Um, it's called Mama Snack Stop. It was really just fried food. Um, they had some, uh, uh, they had a coconut shrimp that was really good. Everything came with fries. Um, fish and chips. They had a fish sandwich, uh, chicken fingers, and not served with fries, mozzarella sticks, and mini corn dogs. We also got the refillable mugs uh, that could be refilled at a couple of locations. Uh, one was what the Ula Cafe. Ulu Cafe uh, over at Off the Hook. And the third place was at Ama Ama. And Ama Ama had coffees in the morning. Uh, I didn't end up getting one, but supposedly they're quite good. Uh, there was also, if you walked across the street, there was a little plaza that had a couple of other dining options, including um, monkey pods, which is very popular. It's a Hawaiian chain. And um, they had an ABC Island Mercantile. Uh, ABC stores are, they're everywhere. They're on every corner. It's like, uh, I don't know, a 7-Eleven. Right. We don't even have that many of those. No, not here. Um, but think of something that's on every corner. It's like that. Uh, but they had a nice cafe in there. They also had a section with prepared foods. So, um we went over there to get coffee one morning, uh, so that's where that's where I got my coffee. It wasn't probably that much cheaper, but it was a nice little walk across the street. It was, it was. and I have to retract. It was not off the hook that had the freestyle machine. It was the Lava Shack, which is ah. one of the retail locations. Okay. And buying the refillable mugs was the only way you could get a fountain beverage while you were on property. Right. Which was to me a downfall uh, because I showed up. We were only there for you know one night, two days. I wanted a freestyle beverage, and I said, I'd like a fountain beverage. And the girl said, well, we have the, the mugs. And I said, well, I don't want to buy the mug. And she said that my other option would be to buy one of the bottled beverages, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, their selection's not as uh, as voluminous as they have in the freestyle. Right. So in order to get my freestyle beverage, I needed to buy a $20 mug. Which sounded like like an annoying thing. And then the next day we bought another one. We did. Well, you bought another one because it was a high end. I just wanted the mug. I didn't even care about the refills. That was the $35 mug. Yeah. It's metal and it says Olani and it has Mickey on it. And I love it. So Cheryl mentioned we did eat at uh, Mama's, uh, but there was also right next to that, there was a shave ice place called, I believe, Papa Luau. We got some shave ice too. We did get some shave ice. In in a Mickey head shape. Right. That was at Papa Luau Shave Ice. Um, the Ulu Cafe, which is where I got lunch, served pizzas and burgers and wraps. Um, and they had like grab and go stuff there too. They did have a, a few grab and go things. It was kind of more like the, that was the one that was sort of under the, the, um, overhang, the overhang there. Yeah. yeah. I went in there a little bit. It reminded me of one of the, 
quick service locations at a deluxe resort at Disney World, mm-hmm. where they've got you know a few grab and go things. They've got a few food options, um, sort of in that same setup and uh, similar type of, of situation there. Right, and then they also have the aforementioned off the hook, which served uh, coffee and quick breakfasts. You could get a Mickey waffle breakfast there in the morning. Um, and then there is Ama Ama, which is their higher end sit down restaurant. Okay, I might have reversed them when I was talking about coffee. So that uh, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, all in all, it was very busy. It was. I don't know if it was the time of year. People have been asking um, if you're going. We went the first day when we got there. By the time we did, we got off uh, our cruise ship. We did a couple of other things. I don't know if we had to stop for something or what exactly we did. But we didn't get there until what, maybe ten thirty, eleven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little later, noonish, something like that. By the time we like, you know, checked in and um, we had our, we didn't want to take all our bags out of the car and try to look for a spot because our room wasn't ready. We didn't want to look for a spot with all these bags. So we started to walk around and look for a spot and man, there just weren't any. No. Um, We found a couple of seats, but they were in the sun and we had my, my mom and dad with us and the bigger deal was my dad. You know, my mom will go in the water with the kids and all that, but um, my dad just really wants to like, you know, sit in the shade and, you know, read a book. And so we really need a spot for him and we, we couldn't find it. We ended up sort of borrowing a chair from someone by us, uh, ended up being a Japanese man who was not happy that we had borrowed his chair. Um, so yeah, very territorial. I think, um, maybe even worse than a cruise ship because I feel like most of the time on a cruise ship, um, the nationalities are all similar and the culture is all similar where there was a lot of, uh, you know, mixing of, uh, you know, Western and Eastern styles of doing things. Uh, It made it a little harder to interact with, you know, other people staying there. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, what's, you know, what's okay to do and what's not okay to do, what's considered polite, what's considered rude. Um, But yeah, very territorial over the chairs. And, uh, you know, they were all empty, but there was nowhere to sit. So the next day we went out at like 6.30 in the morning to try to find a shady spot. So I don't know when other people go, maybe it was just because it was August, but my recommendation is the day you get there, scope it out, figure out where the shady spots are, and then go the next morning really early and hold your spot. Right. Um, they have this policy that you have to stay at your chairs with your stuff until 8 a.m. And if you're not there... When they come by before 8 a.m. and I watch them do it because they come by at like 7, 4, 7.30 and 7.45, they keep walking around. And if they see un- any unattended chairs, they take the stuff. After that, you're allowed to be away from your chair for up to an hour. Um, but anyway, that's their policy. It was interesting. Uh, but that was a little stressful for me because really the reason we were there was to enjoy the pools and the right. beach. Um, and a lot of that time was spent just trying to like secure a spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very tough because when you go to a Disney property, there's usually a theme park involved with it. So some people stay by the pool. Right. Most of the people go to the parks. Right. When you're at Aulani, that's Every, the attraction. Everybody's there. The attraction is, you know, Disney's Aulani Resort. Mm-hmm. So nobody really leaves. Or if, even if they do, even if they're going to participate in these, they might sign up for activities. But at some point, you're going back to the pool. So you go down early, you get your spot. Right. And then you're not at your spot for two or three hours at a time. Um, and nobody else can use the spots. So, you know, same problem everyone has on pretty much every vacation, the chair hogs. Um, they also exist at Olani. Yes, they do. And I did leave out one restaurant, and that was uh, Makahiki, which is the Bounty of the Islands, and that is in the lower level of the uh, resort. I think that's where they do the um, character dining for breakfast. Yes, that they do do characters for breakfast there. They yeah. offer breakfast, lunch, and I'm sorry, they offer breakfast and dinner. 
Oh, characters at dinner? No, no right? No characters okay. at dinner. Yeah, just breakfast. I mean, all in all, a nice Disney experience, a little stressful. Yeah, I mean, people who, honestly, people from the um, from the East Coast, I don't know. I wouldn't make a trip to Olani from the East Coast. Or, I would make a trip to Hawaii. Yes. But I don't know that I'd bother with Olani because there's so many other things. And a lot of the experiences that you're getting there, you're either going to get better experiences at um, a different resort in Hawaii. And then combined with if you're able to go to Disney World. Right. You know, they're trying to pull the two together at Olani, and it's great. And if you're from, like, if you're from California, you don't have to fly, you know, you don't have to fly so far. It's a great option. Right. But, I don't know, East Coast, to just do that as your vacation, I wouldn't do it. If I were to go to Hawaii again, mm-hmm. I would I would try to spend time at Olani, but I would not base my vacation out of there. You know, if we were going to stay for a week. Oh, God. I would not stay at Alani the whole time no. because there's so much more to do on the island. Yeah. And when you're paying the prices that you're paying to stay at a Disney property, you want to spend as much time as you can in that property. Yeah. Whereas if I'm going to go and spend the day at Pearl Harbor, why do I need to stay at a Disney resort that day? Yeah. You know, I would do like maybe two nights at, at Alani and then five nights you know, at another property. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like kind of a pit stop to me. I think everything else we did in Hawaii and almost every other resort that we stayed in, we didn't stay in that many resorts, but the resort we stayed in when we first got there, we stayed at the Sheridan. Sheridan, like a key. Beautiful. I would stay there. I'd pay double the price to stay there over Olani because it was just beautiful. The pools were beautiful. They had an adult pool. There were plenty of seats. You know, it was gorgeous. Um, So like, yes, Olani is amazing, but you have to compare it to everything else that is also offered in Hawaii. Is it worth it? I don't know. It makes me sad when I see people being like, we went to Olani for our vacation. Like they went out to Hawaii and they stayed, you know, six or seven nights at Olani and then flew home. Like that's so depressing to me. (laughs) It's beautiful, but it's shouldn't be your whole vacation. And if you'd like to book a stay at Alani, you can always reach out to me regardless of what Cheryl says. And if you'd like to book a stay in Hawaii at some other beautiful resort, you can reach out to me. <laughs> Either way, we can help you. All right. So what do you say we head into the news? My God, it's going to be like midnight by the time we're done with this. Okay. So Tony insists on sticking in a Disney Parks blog story, although it is my favorite kind of story. It is from... Uh, the Disney Eats section. It is a foodie guide to Halloween at the Disneyland Resort. That's right. Beginning on August 29th, Disneyland is going to be serving up some scary treats for how the Halloween season. Uh, you know, it's the standard, you know, scary foods, lots of uh, ghosts and goblins and pumpkin designs. Uh, the Mickey Bat Cookie, which is shortbread and chocolate dipped with a vampire face. Uh, that's back. We've got the monster cake, which is devil's food with um, eyeballs on it. That's back. We've got a spicy chili dog. We've got the graveyard banana funnel cake. You know, all these fun holiday fare that uh, Disney makes during the holidays. But let's get down to the the root of it. It's California. So what do they have that they're known for? It's all about the churro. The churros. Uh, They have a churros. At Churros and Lemonade in Critter Country, they have a trick-or-treat sweet churro. Uh, that is rolled in shortbread sugar, drizzled with caramel and chocolate sauces, and topped with Twix cookie bar pieces. Uh, over at the Casey Jr. Circus Train, they have the sweet potato cheesecake dipping sauce. Uh, I guess that's just a that's dipping it? sauce. Just, yeah. Just that you could just eat the dipping sauce. At Sleeping Beauty Castle, they have the Maleficent churro, which is a classic churro rolled in chocolate cookie crumbles with uh, a peanut butter dipping sauce or a vanilla dipping sauce. 
The churros near Buzz Lightyear, they have an orange citrus churro, which is a citrus-flavored churro with a citrus cream dipping sauce. Uh, and at the churros near uh, Town Square, they have a Maleficent churro, which is once again the churro rolled in chocolate chip cookie crumbs with a peanut butter dipping sauce. Then when we go over to California Adventure, uh, they have some churros of their own, which I'm scrolling to get to. And those churros are over at the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail, the Coffee and Donut Churro, which is a churro rolled in coffee sugar and topped with a coffee-infused chocolate sauce, whipped topping, and seasonal sprinkles. In Hollywoodland, you can get the Oogie Boogie Churro, which is a chocolate-covered, um, chocolate cookie-covered churro with green icing, gummy worms, and candies. Oh, boy. Uh, gummy worms are a big uh, uh, accoutrement this year on some of yes. the food, as there was also the Halloween Donut Cake, which is available at the Grand Californian Craftsman Grill, which is a cake donut with colored white chocolate. It is made to look like Oogie Boogie. And uh, it has gummy worms coming out of the belly. It's very cute. It's probably cuter than it tastes, but that the cuteness might make up for that because it is pretty adorable. Heading out of the parks blog and into Disneyland. Uh, 19 new Disney 100 collectible medallions are now available across the Disneyland Resort. That's right. These new medallions are, are platinum. Uh, they are, well, not real platinum, but they are platinum. <laughs> they're platinum and they're $2 a piece. They are platinum Disney 100 connect, connect collectible medallions. They're part of the 100 Years of Wonder celebration. They cost $6 or you can pay $20 to get all four in one of the machines. Um, and they are set up around the resort. So if you're a collector of medallions and pressed pennies, uh, there's some new ones out there for you. All right. A new popcorn bucket is being seen at Disneyland. It is a Mickey Mouse skeleton popcorn bucket. That's right. It's Mickey in a skeleton costume, lifting up lifting up his skull mask to reveal his face underneath. He is carrying a jack-o'-lantern bucket of candy. This popcorn bucket will be available on September 1st throughout Disneyland. Uh, there's going to be a limit of two per person. They did not announce the price, but I'm going to assume somewhere between $20 and $25. Uh, and they've also announced a new sipper, uh, of Minnie Mouse dressed as Winifred Sanderson from the Hocus Pocus films, and those will be available at both Disneyland Park and Disney's California Adventure. I think the Minnie Mouse one is going to be a hot ticket. Yep. Now let's head on over to Florida. All right. It seems that the Magic Kingdom is no longer offering extended evening theme park hours in late September and October. That's right. That was a perk for people staying in deluxe level resorts and select other resorts. Um, but beginning September 20th, um, that is the last extended evening hours. Um, I don't so know. So there are none lift listed after that. I don't know how busy they really have got to be. Mm -hmm. Like, how much mileage are they really getting out of this? Right. So it looks like they're only stopping that benefit at Magic Kingdom. And that kind of makes sense because they're going to be doing the Halloween party like three nights a week. Right. You don't want to take four nights a week. You, if you're going to stay open, you want to stay open for everybody as right. long as possible. So that benefit can still be enjoyed at Epcot or Hollywood Studios on select nights. Okay. I guess they're getting a little mileage out of it, then. All right. Lighting has been installed on the Communicore Hall spires. That's right. And that's not the only construction that's uh, being finished up over in Epcot. Uh, but the rideshare area has uh, started having pavement laid. That's been a long time. It is. It has been. Uh, but that's where your new rideshare area is going to be. Uh, currently, the road is dirt, but the sidewalk has been laid. I mean, I don't know why that was such a big deal. It's a, it's a road. Uh, it, we've been talking about this... For, it has to be five or six months. Yeah. Crazy. Um, and then as Cheryl mentioned, Communicore Hall, uh, the interior sheathing is no longer visible as construction continues, and they have added the lighting to the outside spires. So it moves closer and closer to 
uh, completion, it will not be ready by the time they do the Epcot 100 celebration in September. I'm going to ask a stupid question that I yes. should know the answer to, but maybe a lot of our listeners have the same question. What are they going to be putting in Communicore Hall? Uh, it's going to be a festival celebration area. Okay, so nothing. And you know nothing's not entirely true because now the f- you know festivals go year-round in Epcot, but this will be the hub of the festivals. We know they used to use the Odyssey building right. as well as the old um, Body Wars building there right. uh, as part of the... Um, as part of this, the festivals. festival spaces where they used to do the demonstrations and all right. that. But um, so they're building another one of the things that they have two of that they don't use. Well, they're going to repurpose those because the one is supposed to be the play pavilion mm-hmm. and the Odyssey pavilion ends up being used anyway. Okay. Some more information has been revealed about the journey of water inspired by Moana. That's right. They've released the logo. Uh Still haven't given us an opening date. They're telling us that it's going to be a late 2023 opening, uh, but they have noticed uh, notified people that there will be a separate wet and dry path. Okay. Um, so I don't know how wet you're going to get, uh, but apparently there's going to be self-guided outdoor trails where you can play with water as it travels from sky to the oceans and back again. And during the course of the journey, you will find out that water is a friend, water connects us all, and water needs protection. Okay. So those are the lessons that we're going to learn about. Very nice. All right. Over at the Animal Kingdom, the Mercantile Shop is uh, partially closed for refurbishment. That's right. Half of Island Mercantile is being worked on. They have moved all of the registers. And uh, half the store is closed to customers and blocked off with a black pipe and draping. All right. If you don't like to be bothered to park your car yourself, you're out of luck when you go to Disney Springs. That's right. Disney Springs used to have valet parking available at the Porte Cochere of Cirque du Soleil in the afternoons and evenings, and they have discontinued that service. Hmm. Valet actually does sound nice, but it's not a great spot for it. No. You know, if they had, like, valet parking closer to some of the main attractions, like, you know, if they had it at, like, the Orange Garage or the Lime Garage or something, right. that would totally be Like at a it. midpoint to Disney right, Springs? Right, exactly. Not the extreme end <laughs> of it? Exactly, where it dropped you off like right at the path and then they just parked your car. So if you're going from like Goofy's Test Kitchen all the way to your car, it's right. like a 20-minute walk. Right. There's a new item available at Disney Springs. It's a hippo figurine made of salvaged redwood. Um, it's it's a small world themed. Uh, it's expensive, but it's really, really cute. Yeah, normally when we talk about these little items, they're usually made by the uh, glass blowers, and they're made of crystal. Um, But this is a wooden hippo figurine. As Cheryl mentioned, it's made out of reclaimed redwood from Ron and John Daniels of Daniels Woodland. And it's available at the Art of Disney store in Disney Springs for a tidy sum of $1,800. But it's really cute. Now, it does look like the Disneyland version uh, hippo from It's a Small World has a little bird on its back. Um, it, It is adorable, and it would look great on our coffee table. Don't you think? If, we don't have a coffee if, table. If we had a coffee table. Yeah. Um, but at $1,800, uh, you're probably not going to let me buy it. No, probably not. So this is a first for me. I've never really heard of this. Um, a new discount store has opened up shop at the Marketplace Co-op in Disney Springs. It's themed to Wandering Oaken's Trading Post. That's right. This is the Wandering Oaken's Trading Post discount shop where you can purchase an adult item and get another item at 50% off. So interesting. It uh, has replaced the Marvel-themed pop-up shop at the back of the co-op. Hmm. I mean, I'm all about a discount. Like, I'm heading there first. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. I wonder if they're using this to get rid of some of the things before they had them off to, like, the outlets. Maybe. You know, while they're still kind of 
viable uh, merchandise. Right. Another wing is being added to the new Disney Vacation Club Tower that is under construction at the Polynesian. That's right. The tower is projected to open in late 2024. Uh, Looking at the artist rendering, it doesn't look as bad as I thought it would be. After being at Alwani, which is, you know, 17, 16, 17 stories tall, Mm. I thought that that was kind of what we would be getting in Florida. But this looks to only be like six to eight stories tall. So I mean, it, the, the renderings make it look very pretty. But yes. where it's at right now, it's still just concrete and it's it so horrible. hideous. Yeah. But uh, it's coming. So we'll be talking about this for the next year. It's coming whether we like it or not. The Fort Wilderness Resort restaurants have replaced their wooden furniture and metal picnic tables with new composite furniture. That's right. These are on the porch area of Crockett's Tavern at uh, Disney Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground. Uh, They're replacing the old wooden furniture and metal picnic tables that were previously there. Uh, So that is nice because those are a lot more durable. Mm -hmm. Uh, On sad news, they're actually cutting down at Fort Wilderness. They're cutting the snack bar menu at the Meadow Snack Bar. Uh, They've actually removed a few... Uh, entree items uh, and are paring it down. So that's that's never any fun. No, that's a bummer. Because somebody's favorite's not going to be there. Yeah, right. And you know what else they're rationing? What? Room key cards. Oh, why? So if you're staying at Fort Wilderness and, you know, it is a campground, so you don't need a key for your camper. Right. Uh, but you do need a key for your cabins. Uh, and now they're only giving you two key to the world cards per cabin reservation, regardless of how many people are in that cabin. Um. They can go to hell. I would be fighting this tooth and nail. Like, even if I didn't even want them. This just makes me so mad. What do you care? What do you care? Uh, They're citing a supply shortage. Of room keys? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, the funny thing is, all all of the functionality of the key to the world card can be put on your phone. Right. And you can totally ask people, like, hey, you know, we're having a bit of a shortage. Like, are you okay with two? Right. But if people say, no, I need three or I need four, are you going to tell them no? If they're telling them no, I'm not okay with this. What do you do if you're six adults? Yeah, I'm very fired up. All right, fired up. Here goes fired up Cheryl. (laughs) Give us the next story, fired up Cheryl. All right. Uh, We have a first look at the Disney treasure that's coming on August 30th. It's going to be aired by the Disney Parks blog. That's right. The Disney Parks blog is going to give us a first look at the Disney treasure at 11 a.m. on Wednesday, August 30th. It will premiere on the Disney Parks blog. The video is going to give never-before-released details about the new show. And uh, this ship is designed by Walt Disney's love of exploration and will feature the theme of adventure. Uh, This is also the first ship that has a ship's log to uh, track the construction of the ship itself. Uh, The bridge block was installed in late June and the aft section went to Meyer Werft in Papenburg, Germany in late July. Um, uh, There's rumored to be a cocoa dinner show coming to the ship as well as maybe some Up, Encanto, or Jungle Cruise components. Uh, So we will be seeing what goes on on August 30th. So I'll be logged in to watch. How about you? I'll probably watch it after, but... All right. Yeah, I'll be watching it. So do you remember a couple, well, maybe a year or so ago, Disney purchased a half-completed ship for the Asian uh, market? Mm -hmm. Um, That ship, uh, they've resumed work on it. It's supposed to be delivered in 2025. That could be delayed to 2026. Um, but uh, looking at the artist rendering, it does. It has elements similar to the other Disney cruise ships. Um, but because this was designed primarily for the Asian market, um, you know, it's a different design. Disney did not do the exterior right. of the ship, so they're right. doing their best to incorporate components uh, that we're familiar with. They will be getting rid of the planned casino. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they will be cutting down the number of guests. The ship was originally designed to hold about 9,600 guests, mm-hmm. and Disney is going to reconfigure it to hold about 6,000. Okay. So it will be it will be one of their larger ships, but it obviously could accommodate more. Right. Okay. So um, we'll see what happens with that. And then over in Castaway Key, uh, there's a nice little uh, nice little display for people who have cruised on Disney more than 50 times. That's interesting. Yeah, they're putting up a display, um, and that is going to be, it looks like a, a, a series of fences. Um, you know, we've seen Disney do this in the past with their memorial wall in Epcot, as well as the bricks around the Magic Kingdom. Uh, and... Uh, they're going to now do something in Castaway Key. It's going to be over near the post office, and it's going to be a colorful fence featuring family names. Weird. Yeah. Eligible club members will have an opportunity to select one of four Disney Cruise Line icons to accompany their family name on the display. Yeah. I Maybe if we had started cruising with Disney, like when Disney had started cruising, although I feel like we would have been kind of young. Right up there. Right? No, I feel like we would have been very young. When did they start? 99. Well, it's 25 years, so at 98. Yeah, we couldn't afford it. No. <laughs> we were. That was the year I graduated from college. It was. And that was the year I, I got my uh, AARP card. <laughs> <laughs> There's not that big an age gap. All right, what's next here? We're headed into your favorite topic, entertainment. Oh, here's another thing to get me fired up. Well, here we go. During the third quarter earnings call, Bob Iger announced that Disney uh, Plus is going to be following Netflix uh, and cracking down on password sharing. So they're going to roll out new policies to combat password sharing in 2024. But that's not the big Disney Plus news. Uh, The big Disney Plus and Hulu news is that uh, they're going to increase their premium service costs by 27%, and it's going to go from $10.99 a month to $13.99 a month, and Hulu is going to increase 20% from $14.99 to $17.99 per year. If you want to get the per ad, month, per month, I'm sorry. And if you want to get the ad-supported options for both of those, those prices remain unchanged at $7.99 a month for Disney and $9.99 a month for Hulu. We're all going to go broke. Yeah. Hey, Cheryl. What? Why don't you tell the folks what's going on at Universal? (laughs) All right. Um, The Hogwarts Express at Universal Orlando is closing for refurbishment in December. That's right. It's going to be a short maintenance window. They're going to be closed from December 10th through December 16th, uh, and that's just before the holiday rush. So if you don't know what the Hogwarts Express is, uh, it's a transport from Universal Studios Florida where it visits uh, Hogsmeade, Mm -hmm. right? No, Universal Studios is Diagon Alley, and it brings you over to Universal's Islands of Adventure, where it brings you to Hogsmeade. I like that you said Orlando. Like, maybe it was, like, taking you from Orlando to California. It could be. (laughs) Maybe someday. It's not. When that technology is here. Um, And the VillainCon Minion Blast is officially open. Aw. That opened while we were gone. And uh, that's that's an exciting thing. I can't wait to, to try that attraction out. Yeah, we're going to have to go check out Universal for maybe a day coming up soon. SeaWorld Orlando is offering an extended fun card deal. Uh, buyers can get unlimited visitors, visits to the theme park for the rest of 2023 and all of 2024. That's right. Uh, the price is $131.99. And if you want to include the Aquatica Water Park through the end of 24, that's going to bring it to $189.99. There are seven blockout dates in 2023 for SeaWorld and 19 blockout dates through 2024. Aquatica has 15 blockout dates for uh, 2024 with the fun card. Uh, unfortunately, parking fees are not included, and in order to participate, you 
you must be a resident of the U.S., Canada, or Puerto Rico, and it is an e-ticket that must be purchased before you arrive. All right. SeaWorld has also revealed its entire lineup of five haunted houses and seven scare zones for this year's Hollow Scream, which begins on September 8th. That's right. They've got some new houses and returnees. Uh, let's see. Houses for 2023 include the new ones like Beneath the Ice, The Meltdown, uh, Dead Vines, Nolan's Nightmares, and Delirium <laughs> 666 Laboratories, which is set below the surface of the sea in an es- inescapable research headquarters. Uh, returning this year is Captain's Revenge, Drowned in Darkness, and Blood Reckoning. They have two new scare zones, which are Toxic Turmoil um, and the Blood Light District. So uh, if you're a fan of SeaWorld and Hallow Scream, you can check that out. All righty. Gatorland's getting in on the action this year, too. They are. You know, they've started doing a lot of themed stuff. They're, they're trying to play with the big boys. Yeah. Um, they have uh, announced their Gators, Ghosts, and Goblins Halloween event. It is going to be set for three weekends in October. They've got some new zones, including the Creep, Creepy Creature Carnival, where monsters appear as midway attractions. They have the Frightful Fun Frontier, which is themed to an old west town with cursed cowboys. Uh, once again, they're going to be presenting their Swamp Ghost Monster Museum uh, and the Cryptid Express, which will look for mythical beings such as the Mothman, Chupacabra, and the Florida Skunk Ape. Um, unlike the big the big players, um, all of these activities are included with regular admission to Gatorland. Uh, SeaWorlds isn't included? No, SeaWorlds was a separate ticket. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, this was announced. Uh, event dates are October 14th, 15th, 21st, 22nd, 28th, and 29th. Gatorland hours on those days are 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And Gatorland has been in operation since 1949. I really like it there. Yeah, it's fun. Celebrity Cruises announced this past Tuesday that it will be will begin sailing from Port Canaveral in 2024. That's right. Uh Celebrity Cruises is the premium brand and sister to the Royal Caribbean line, and they are bringing the Celebrity Equinox, which is a 2,852-passenger ship, uh, to Port Orlando. That ship's going to be doing primarily seven-night Caribbean itineraries. Uh, they will have stops in the Bahamas, Belize, Grand Cayman, uh, Mexico, San Juan, and San, San Martin. Um, they will also do two sailings in March of 25 that will visit the Royal Caribbean's private islands in the Bahamas, the perfect day at Coco Key. Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So if you want to visit, you should contact me because Royal Caribbean has the best private island. Duly noted. All right. Disney World is giving away a one-night stay inside Cinderella's Castle at the Magic Kingdom as the royal prize in a giveaway that benefits Give Kids the World Village. That's right. I think we've talked about Give Kids the World Village before. Mm-hmm. It is a place where a lot of the Make-A-Wish kids stay, kids with illnesses, uh, and it is off property. Um, kids visit Universal there, too. It just happens to be, you know, in the theme park capital of the U.S. And um, they have medical staff and special accommodations there to handle some of these children. And they are offering, um, as Cheryl mentioned, a single night in the Cinderella Castle uh, Dream Suite. Uh, as well as a three-day theme park ticket with park hoppers for four people, a $500 Disney gift card, as well as an additional two-night stay at a deluxe-level resort, and that is for four guests. So um, it has to be completed by November 30th of 2024. There are two ways to enter. You can enter for free by sending uh, a postcard in. Who does that? Right? (laughs) Cheapskates. Or you can go to gktw.org slash castle and for a $10 donation, you will get uh, uh, an entry. Okay. Uh, the maximum is 500 entries for $5,000. 
If you're mailing it in, it must be postmarked by the 16th of October and received by October 20th. If you're entering electronically, uh, it has to be done by uh, midnight on October 16th of 2023. All right. So a worthwhile uh, charity. Yeah, We've absolutely. donated to them in the past. Yes, it's, it's a good we'll charity. And probably make a donation to try to get into the Dream Suite. Why not? Why not, right? You can't win if you don't enter. Right. So that's all the news for today. We hope everyone has a good weekend. We'll be back on Monday. And until then, I'm Tony. And I'm Cheryl. And you've been listening to the Disney Drive Time Podcast.